You see, if all we accomplished was building a better bank, or a better exchange, or a better stock market, or clipping off a penny from a transaction that people send, or making wire transfers cheap, this would be an evolution, and I guess it would make some people rich, and we'd be able to go home and say, yes, I did something. But it's not meaningful. The reason why we're here, this industry exists, is because the world is changing. The philosophy of the world is changing. The way the governments work are changing due to the pressures of instantaneous, instant availability of information from the internet, the instantaneous flow of value from the internet, and from globalization. You see, we no longer live in these little silos and hierarchies with standard narrative fictions that have existed for long periods of time. The people in Ethiopia can have just as much impact on the world as the people in the United States now and have the same access to information as the people in the world. So this is changing everything. It's creating friction. It's why we have Brexit and why we have Trump and it's why we have financial collapses and all of these things. So the point of our industry is we're providing a toolbox and a collection of visions of where we can take the world, where we can collectively decide on how to solve problems, whether they be environmental problems, whether they be problems of governance and wars or problems of resource allocations, without saying that there's some central country in charge, like China or the United States, or without building some sort of giant meta-government that basically gets rid of the nation state. That's the magic of the blockchain industry. We, in a completely decentralized, libertarian, private way, are having conversations about reinventing money and consent and property rights and the very structure of the world. The point of Cardano has been to be a model for how to do this. Cardano, and this is the complete beginner's guide to Cardano. Now, me personally, even though uh, in the last few months I've been making Ethereum content, I'm a very open-minded type of person and I enjoy many different projects in the cryptocurrency space. And I've been following Cardano's growth for quite a while and I thought I'd make a video on it. So sit back, relax and enjoy this video. My name's Kieran, I create decentralized finance and cryptocurrency videos to make sure that you are ready for the next bull runs. Let's start with explaining what Cardano exactly is. Cardano is a third generation blockchain, but it's in the same category as Ethereum in the blockchain platform category. And Ethereum, as you might already be aware, is moving to a third generation platform with the Ethereum 2.0 Serenity upgrade. One of the biggest differences between second and third generation blockchain platforms is that third generation platforms have solved a lot of issues such as scalability. And that's a big problem in the whole space, especially with proof of work blockchains. I'll use an analogy to explain the Cardano project. So you can compare the Cardano project to an operating system. Now an operating system is a software that runs either on a computer or on a phone, on a computer that might be Mac, Windows, Linux, on a phone it might be iOS and Android. So Cardano acts as the operating system and on top of this operating system you're going to be able to have a lot of different applications and since it's a decentralized operating system, a decentralized blockchain, you have decentralized applications on top of that platform. Even though Cardano is a smart contract platform, it wants to offer a lot of scalability through layered architecture. Layered architecture means that the Cardano stack gets split into two layers. You've got the Cardano settlement layer, 
which is using the distributed ledger technology and the value gets transacted on that. And then you've got the Cardano computational layer where you've got the smart contracts and on top of the computational layer, you will have the decentralized applications. Another major component is the Ouroboros proof of stake, which is Cardano's proof of stake consensus mechanism. So Charles Hoskinson, one of the co-founders of Ethereum, conceptualized the Cardano project. There are three organizations that are working on developing the Cardano project. The Cardano Foundation is responsible for the community and the regulatory aspect of the project. Imurger is the for-profit company in this trio and is responsible for finding new business partners and driving commercial applications onto the Cardano platform. Last but not least is IOHK, which stands for Input Output Hong Kong and is responsible for developing the Cardano blockchain. Let's talk about the problems that Cardano wants to solve. The first one is scalability. The current generation of blockchain platforms are actually pretty slow. Ethereum running on proof of work has around 15 transactions per second and Bitcoin is even slower than that with around seven transactions per second. The second problem that Cardano wants to solve is the interoperability between different blockchain platforms. So you've got around 2,000 or more different uh, cryptocurrencies if you look at CoinMarketCap or CoinCheckup. I think it's very important that a third generation blockchain platform such as maybe Cardano provides an ecosystem for many different other blockchains to communicate with each other and allow users to transfer coins and tokens from one blockchain to the other using a decentralized platform. Cardano's vision is to create an internet of blockchain. So you can imagine you've got some Bitcoin and this Bitcoin goes into Ethereum and this Ethereum goes into many different other cryptocurrencies without the use of a centralized exchange. At the moment, this is not really possible. There are a few projects that are attempting something similar, but I think it's a pretty interesting utopia to uh, think about that in the future where I've got some Bitcoin, I can send um, this Bitcoin to someone else, but he receives Ethereum instead and the exchange takes place on one of these uh, third generation platforms. Sustainability is a very important problem that needs to be solved. For a project to sustain in the long run, it needs to be able to uh, fund itself and it also has to have a certain type of voting mechanism. The way that the Cardano project is being programmed is actually very interesting. The Cardano blockchain is being programmed using Haskell and the smart contracts are being programmed with Plutus. With these two programming languages, the Cardano developers want to have a high assurance code at the end. Using a functional programming language has some very important benefits, such as it's a very secure approach when creating a blockchain and also for smart contracts. They're much more secure because it's possible to mathematically prove what a program does and how it acts from based on the code that's put into this program. So you might have heard of many different problems through smart contracts bugs and hopefully by using a functional program language, it will be possible to eliminate most of these bugs before the smart contract gets deployed. Knowing that the smart contracts are secure are very important for financial applications and also life critical applications, like maybe in an airplane or in an airport or in a hospital. The Cardano roadmap. Cardano is split up into five different eras. 
And these eras are the Byron, Shelley, Gogwen, Basho and Voltaire era. These eras are more or less a summary of the Cardano development. The first version of Cardano started in September 2017 and the Byron era began, which is the foundation of Cardano. Following the Byron era, the Shelley era of Cardano known as decentralization. In short, it's a period of growth and development for the network. Shelley was designed to achieve a smooth and risk-free transition without any service interruptions. The Shelley era was a natural maturation era of the network for making it more useful, valuable and rewarding for all kinds of users and preparing for a better and secure future. The Gogwan era, also known as the smart contract era, is a very big step forward for the Cardano project. And the Gogwan era uh, allows people to run smart contracts on the Cardano blockchain, which also allows these people to build decentralized applications. The Basho era of the Cardano blockchain is also known as scaling. And this era allows the Cardano blockchain to optimize, improve the scalability and interoperability of the network. The main goals of the Basho era is to improve the underlying performance of the Cardano blockchain. And that will help with the scalability aspect of the project. That will provide the project with better growth and adoption for future applications that have a very high transaction volume. The last era, if not the most important era of 05, is the Volta era, which implements a governance system. And this governance system will help the Cardano network to become self-sustaining, which is very important. Cardano is going to implement a treasury system and a voting system. The treasury is to make sure that the project gets enough funding and the voting system is for future updates or changes to the Cardano blockchain. What lies ahead in the near future for Cardano? Charles Hoskinson has recently revealed the roadmap and official launch date of the Shelly upgrade, a long awaited upgrade, which will allow people to stake their Cardano on the Cardano blockchain. The Byron to Shelly transition period will happen between the 16th of June to the 28th, 29th of July and the Shelley era hard fork will happen on the 29th of July if everything goes well. The last news I want to share with you in this video is actually a very, very interesting piece of technology that Cardano developers want to create. A microchip that will allow for a cash-like experience using a cryptocurrency. But before I get into that, if you've been enjoying this video until now, I'd really appreciate if you hit the like button, it's free, and it helps me create a lot more videos like this in the future. IUHK is working on a crypto native microchip that will allow for offline transactions. That means that you'll be able to send a cryptocurrency from one wallet to another wallet without using the internet. And I think that's a very revolutionary idea, especially with the amount of people around the world that have no access to banking or to the internet. The three characteristics of such a microchip are embeddability. That means that you can put it into things. You can put it into a phone case. You can maybe put it into a truck. The ability to store cryptographic keys. That means my private keys would be in this microchip that would allow me to send cryptocurrencies from one wallet to another without using the internet. And last but not least, it should be very cheap to produce. 
Hoskinson talked about using such a microchip in Africa because only around 2% of the 6 million farmers actually have access to an internet connection. And yeah, it would be a bit silly to implement a certain uh, cryptocurrency and then tell everyone that it's worldwide, but the most people cannot use it because they don't have access to the internet. And that is where the fantastic use case comes into play where you could have this very cheap microchip added into either the smartphone directly or into a phone case and people, farmers, could maybe tap their phone with another phone and then they could send funds for maybe some grains for their crop or maybe for buying some cattle to another farmer's phone without using the internet. The 2% that actually do have an internet connection become kind of microbanks. Those are the hubs where all these transactions then get connected to the internet. Thanks a lot for watching. Hope you found this video valuable. If you did, I'd really appreciate if you hit that like button and also hit the subscribe button if you want more content like this. With that said, I wish you a fantastic day and I'll catch you in the next video. Have a good one. Bye-bye.